Giacomo, welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show again. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Today we have our dear friend, the king of Swiss cheese, <laughs> uh, Giacomo Soccoan. Uh, great to be here in Lugano. I mean, you're a big part of this uh, event. You're like speaking all the time. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Six speeches and you can probably tell from my voice right yes. now. So, and uh, we enjoy being here a lot. I mean, this place is beautiful, uh, uh, or at least I, I I assume it is, if it wasn't for the rain, so you can actually see <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we scanned people last year. <laughs> it was very sunny in October, <laughs> so everybody was uh, eager to come back to this sunny Lugano in October, yeah, yeah. and then we rug pulled the climate. Yeah, all right. So, first question, uh, this is going to be a controversial one. Is Tether retarded? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I think it's not necessarily retarded for a very uh, for a very nuanced reason. There are two things you can do with blockchains that are not Bitcoin. Uh, the, well, there is one thing: scamming people. But the two things that you can do is de depend on which people are you going to scam. If you're going to scam your investors because you just uh, issue some kind of uh, stupid uh, share of a stupid enterprise, but you put a blockchain on that, so the investor will be duped into into investing. I think that's bad. That's like that's a bad use of the power we have to scam people. But if you do scam only regulators, so if you want, if some people want to trade stuff and they really want to do that for innocent reasons, and you cannot provide them a service because regulators are going to stop you from that with violence, and you scam the regulators with some blockchain magic, I think that's a noble use of our ability to scam people. Tether is interesting because they are scamming the regulators with blockchain magic. Basically, they are not doing anything different from PayPal, but PayPal is heavily regulated in the secondary market. Tether is not because blockchain. So as long as it works, it's great. And can they uh, dupe investors? Not really, because the price of their product cannot go up by definition if the, because there is a blockchain on top of it. It can just not go down, maybe as a credit denominated in dollars. So they are doing a dollar service, which is very Bitcoin friendly, which basically it's a Bitcoin friendly PayPal, that uses blockchain magic thinking to scam regulators into being more free on the secondary market. So overall, I think it's a good deal as, as long as it lasts. Well, it's, so it's not more of a scam than the US dollar is a scam? Well, it's more of a risk in a way because the underlying, uh, basically the underlying counterparty, the underlying uh, collateral is already scam is dollar. So it's inflated, it could collapse. On top of that, you have uh, on top of the base dollar, you also have the fact that these banks that Tether use, that Tether use, I must be trusted not to do excess uh, fractional reserves and stuff. And on top of that, you have to trust the company itself, which of course could do additional fractional reserves. So it is increased risk. I don't think I don't think it's increasingly scammy. It's quite honest, especially in the la in the latest communication. Everything you can read from the CEO Paolo. And we discussed here in Lugano as well. Mm -hmm. It's pretty straightforward. He cannot put it exactly how I did for obvious legal reasons. Otherwise, the operation will be over. But I think that if you talk with him, the, the, the purpose of the operation is very simple. It's a company which is very Bitcoin first. And they just want uh, a tool that can help people to move fiat into Bitcoin, basically. Sometimes also back for a realistic consideration that many people are not are still scared of short-term volatility. And they are still very... Uh, called on brand recognizement for Bitcoin. The dollar has the universal uh, recognition that Bitcoin will have, but it's still missing. And Bitcoin uh, and the dollar will probably lose that. So 
eventually. I think that the other thing is, that is interesting is that the Tether, the company, was born over this product that I just described. Mm-hmm. But then it went beyond it. One exception was Bitcoin, was Tether Gold. I think it's very, very cool. Tether Gold is just e-gold. With uh, it's basically they have physical gold in a vault here in Switzerland, and they issue this tether gold. This is just like e gold, but it's not in the US, so it's probably more resilient to regulatory aggression because Switzerland is a little bit more serious. And it is uh, it is done after Bitcoin, so there is the the blockchain magical thinking on top of it, which is making uh, increasing the plausible deniability for the secondary market. So tether gold, I mean, I will make this classification. Bitcoin is the best, and it's the final solution. And we have to go Bitcoin. There is no way around it. And Tether people will agree. You can find it never in interview that they will agree. Second best will be physical gold, but it's still hard to try to, to uh, basically, the, the reason gold is not as good as Bitcoin is that, is that it's not digital. You cannot transfer it. Then there is this digital gold, which is Tether gold that is basically um, trusted, but with probably good enough guarantees. It's like a e-gold that will not be likely shut down. And there is the Tether dollar, which is worse because the dollar is going to be inflated into nothing eventually. And because while Tether can hold the gold themselves in a, in a mountain, it's a very cool mountain base in Switzerland, they cannot do that with physical dollar cash. There's no bank that, that, that does many billions in physical cash. So it's more risky, but it's still a useful tool for some people to approach Bitcoin eventually. I think we don't need stable coin. But I think that if done honestly, they can help somebody and not hurt Bitcoin because eventually, I mean, they're not stable. They're just pegged uh, yeah, to something yeah, yeah. which is very unstable. It's, very, it's a very oxymoronic name. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate the name. Yeah. Those are basically blockchain marketed fiat credits. Yeah. So, so could the, like Tether Gold, could they potentially do a fractional reserve on that like illegally frac- they have a they have a contract that's uh, that says that they don't and they have auditors and auditors say that they can don't so technically for the bitcoin mindset where it's not like uh, you uh no. don't be evil but can be evil uh, yeah uh, they can physically uh but they will have to uh scam or bribe the auditor so yeah. it's hard while with dollars you mean uh, it's, there is probably more uh even if i didn't trust the tether guy dollar is more complex as a topic because they cannot have the cash. They will have commercial paper, that mm-hmm. will, a lot of nuances. With gold, there is no nuances. There are physical uh, gold uh, bullions inside yeah, the yeah. mountain, which is pretty good. Pretty cool mountain, yeah. yeah. It sounds like something from the Lord of the Rings or so. <laughs> if you, if you, I mean, if you are very nice with Tether, maybe someday you will yeah, see we'll it. See <laughs> All right, so, so this leads us into uh, risks of fractional reserve so custodial lightning wallets this we had this conversation with obi yesterday uh uh is there a risk do you see a risk in that that uh wallet of satoshi will all of a sudden start you know handing out more bitcoins than they actually have like what there is i think that the reason that uh, it will be quite evident is that what the fractional reserve banking does is to reduce the custody uh the custody fee and to increase uh, uh, interest uh, uh, giveaway to the user. So when you get to the point where Wallet of Satoshi is paying you to use it, probably you should start yeah, being yeah, concerned. Yeah. So it's technically possible. What you use when you use Wallet of Satoshi is you are basically asking a friend to use Lightning Network for you in mm-hmm. your name. 
which I mean, if the friend is reliable and the money is not that much, I frankly, I don't think that Wallet of Satoshi or Albi, the custodial version, mm -hmm. will be censored very soon. And I don't think they will rack pull very soon for the simple reason that the money is not much. So no. it's not enough money to rack pull, not enough money to censor yet. If it became the cornerstone of Bitcoin, like some exchanges are, then the incentives will change completely. Yeah. Still, they're, they're very useful tools. I mean, that you can do they a are. ton I of mean, things with them. I was very critical before because my point was, yeah. if you want to the custody at the margin, so Alfini said, Bitcoin base chain doesn't scale. But it's still cool. We have the asset. Now we can build custody on top of that. Illegal custody, like anarchist, kind of, uh, like Bitcoin yeah. banks. Mm. Some people thought that Al was talking about actual banks. He was talking about people on tour, just, mm. just building an, a, a reputation as a bank because you don't need any paperwork for that. Just give me Bitcoin. Trust me, bro. I will give <laughs> that back to you. That can happen at the margin. It was a, a sad trade-off to make, but it was a trade-off that we had to make. With Lightning, with the techniques of trustless UTXO sharing, we can have uh, one single Bitcoin TXO, which is shared by more people without trusting each other, or at least in some, uh, within some security uh, scenario. And that's cool, even better. So Lightning is better. So my point was, if you want to trust, trust. If you want Lightning, which is trustless, go Lightning. But what's the point of putting trust on top of Lightning? And I changed my mind because I think there is a point. It's a very nice layerization. You have the main chain, then you change your security model for the second layer. And then even actually Lightning is two layers in one because you have the channel and the routing. When you go routing, you are still changing your security model. Routing nodes is, uh, are very are, are dangerous. Like there was an attack discovered two days ago, well, a few days ago. When you route Lightning, you, your funds are more in danger. Then on top of that, you can, you can basically serve people with credit but why put the credit directly on top of the base layer? It's nicer, actually more elegant if you, uh, if you give the users a, a, a very smooth way to go from trust to trustless mm -hmm. without big jumps. So you start with, for example, Albi is very good. You, you start with uh, Pocket Silver, trusted. Uh, they will rug pull you. Okay, so what is Pocket Silver? They will confiscate it. Ah, go for it. It's just my Pocket Silver. You increase your, the amount of money you have to move. Oh, now you probably want your node still on Lightning, but maybe you want to route because you're reckless, you want to do business, you want to be safer long-term, you don't want to have a watchtower to take, uh, to take control, then maybe go to a Lightning Leaf that's not routing, it's much safer. You want to be safer, just close the, the, the channel and go back on chain uh, so it, you can stay there. And the, uh, on Lightning, the more time passes, the more risk you get. On base chain, the more time passes, the less risk you get. So that's great. So it's a nice thing. Uh, I think we should not, uh, I think we should culturally fight for non-custodianship always, uh, ever. So it, custody is okay, should not be a meme. Because it's like, uh, it's like when, you, when you eat uh, or when you indulge in any kind, uh, kind of like a high time preference thing. Uh, it's okay. Eating is a high time preference thing. Well, eating, <laughs> eating garbage especially. <laughs> Uh, or, or smoking or whatever. What, there is no need to create a culture that normalizes that. Uh, if you create a culture that, that's, that, cre that creates the, uh, that, that specifies the long-term problem with that, so mm -hmm. a, a culture of caution, then people will still ignore the culture yeah. and, and make a, a, a cheated meal or something. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need to praise cheat meals. No. Just, just praise the, the, the right diet, culturally speaking, 
and be tolerant with the fact that people will cheat meal because that's fine because I mean, YOLO. <laughs> so, so is custodial lightning layer three in your opinion? Well, like, is I, that I, the think the light, I think the lightings are two layers at least. Uh, there are many layers inside lightning, but the real uh, trust related layers are two different. Uh, channel and routing are uh, very different trade-offs. And I think the more we go on, the more it's clearer that routing is way more dangerous than just uh, having a channel with your counterparty and going back and forth. So I would say that lighting is a, a lighting channel or in the future, a L2 channel, an ARC channel, an ARC provider. So UTXO sharing, so sharing your Bitcoin TXO is layer two, in my opinion, that's the most elegant definition. Routing on atomic routing on top of UTXO sharing is layer three. Uh, and then uh, asking uh, a friend to keep a, a, a channel for you, but it's not yours, that would be probably layer four. Okay, so what's an open dime? What layer is that? That's that's very interesting. I would say that uh, that's well, open dime is basically uh, trust plus plus. It's it's a very bad ass kind of trust. You still have to trust an hardware provider basically. So it's cool, but it's probably a layer four with with some kind of. Uh, <laughs> but probably you go, when you discuss this stuff with Maxim Orlovsky, you start to go tread three dimensional with layers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. slide layers going down and so on. I, I'm not as good. I'm envisioning with, like l the layers in an Escher painting, like yeah, going right, into sure. it. All right. So, so I had this idea um, a year back or two uh, about like as Bitcoin scales, the, this is connected to the time preference thing that people will use money less and less, like oh. and will spend less because because of the time preference thing, you're incentivized to uh, prioritize quality over quantity. So, do you think that? Like in general, do people with is that something you see play out? That's a cool idea. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin can scale because you reduce the need to use uh, tra monetary transactions. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Still, maybe scaling as a, a technological problem is still challenging and interesting. Yeah. But that social version is also very interesting. Yeah, because it's, it's never talked about in the technical discussions about True. scaling. And there's another thing to it, like. Um, with Bitcoin, uh, with the deflationary currency uh, or money, you, you're incentivized to lower your time preference, right? Uh, but the other thing is that you're also, at least now, uh, incentivized to help other Bitcoiners with whatever they do, because we help each other, we help Bitcoin, and we all win. So, and I don't see a point in time where that incentive necessarily goes away. So we're, if we're just incentivized to be awesome to one another, I see, like, People interacting voluntarily and trading other things than Bitcoin, might, like services, f mostly like uh, Bitcoiners, like this this thing, for instance, is a transaction between me and yeah, you. And we're not spending money. And we're not spending. We're not you clogging the chain <laughs> at yeah. all by doing this. Yeah. So, so is that a part of the scaling problem and solution? Uh, I, yeah, I think it is. Let's put it this way: money is useful mm. outside a trust circle. So yeah. within the trust economy, the gift economy yeah. of family money is, is just redundant. You just exchange, you just be nice with each other. Yeah. And things we may just uh, even out over the long term. Maybe your the, the parent is taking care for the child, not for any return. But then maybe when the parent is old, <laughs> there will be yeah, some yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, payment. Yeah. But we don't even know, I don't care. Well, money is needed to scale outside of that. 
Bitcoin is a good money, but it's also a kind of money that, as a side effect, can increase trust circles. Yeah, in a very exactly, way. exactly. So that's that's a fair way. To yeah. Put it. So, and if you if you follow that thought vector into the, far off into the future, is that like because the, I find this so uh, like a beautiful paradox that don't trust verify enables us to trust one another more because you, yeah. you you don't have the incentive to try to cheat in system and you know that if more and more people are living in this world i mean i i trust the people here at this conference way more than i trust the normie anyway yeah, true, true, true. so 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 if we really try to extrapolate that do we get to a place where the necessity for money to exist at all it's just I think that you can increase the number number, let's say, of uh, yeah. trust to a certain yeah. point, but not at infinite. I think that no, no. eventually there is more bitcoins that you can even understand. No, but not infinite, but like trending towards. Is, is that, I, and I will that ever be a trajectory? Like in your mind, you still have to perceive a community of like-minded people working toward the same goal. Now yeah. you have it in Bitcoin. Yeah. You have you have an internal fractal of different cultures and motives and trends, but you still have a unitary. Bitcoin, we are here for Bitcoin and you can see that, you can yeah. feel that. That, I don't know if that can scale to, for example, really millions of people. No. So the, like rock and roll scales to billions, but being a rocker with, the, with a jacket, like that doesn't. <laughs> the same with, with bicycles, like motorbikes, they scale, but being a biker is another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the Bitcoin culture, which is what you're describing, yeah. will, will persist, but will probably not grow outside of what uh, the biker culture okay. can do. Okay, so it's, uh, yeah, fair point. Okay, we have some big news. We have a new lead sponsor, Amber App. They're the number one exchange in the Southern Hemisphere. They're rated for the best customer service around and their global launch is coming. But the reason we're partnering with Amber App is because of the people. If you haven't listened to our episode with Izzy, CEO of Amber App, you really should go check it out. You'll see why it made perfect sense to partner with Izzy and Amber App. That's all I'll say for now. You really have to check it out for yourself. They have loads of great features coming that we're excited to share with you when the time comes. But for now, just check out the episode. Check out their website, amber.app. You can see for yourself why we're thrilled to bring Amber App on as our lead sponsor and partner. So go check it out. Next up, Wasabi Wallet, the privacy by default, open source, non-custodial Bitcoin wallet with CoinJoin built in. It's the easy to use, comprehensive, affordable way to make your coins private. And the best part is they've been making huge improvements to the app. They're really focusing on the user experience, adding advanced features for power users. They just keep getting better. You send your coins to your Wasabi wallet and they get combined with loads of other coins using the Wabi Sabi protocol. So they're private on the other end. Your tracks are covered so you can work on expanding your freedom footprint without worrying about your privacy. So check out wasabiwallet.io and download Wasabi today. There's another thing adjacent to this, which is another, what I've been eager to talk to you about for a long time is this idea I've been talking about for a while of it, that we are the Bitcoins, like that the people, they, they, since it's only keeping a secret, they exist in your head. The node is not the Raspberry Pi, it's the guy deciding to buy one and run the software and the the miners, the miner is not the ASIC. It's the guy who chooses to buy one and run the hard. So what do you say to that? What are, what's your angle? Is I agree. People is layer zero. But I mean, this is also, this is true for Bitcoin. And it's an important point because 
people may think that Bitcoin is secure just by automatic processes. It's actually uh, secured by human incentives. So yeah, by human, backed by human action. Is human the action, yeah. yeah. Which is a point that is made, I think, very well by Eric Vosquil in Crypto Economics. There is mm -hmm. this book that makes this point pretty well. It's just a human, act, a human actors, basically. And then you, these human actors can use tools, and this tool can change their relative power or the relative uh, the, the incentives. So tools matter, mm -hmm. but, it's, but, but human action matters more. And the more tools are tuned to help human action and to yeah. synchronize, coordinate human action, the, the better the tools are. Uh, there may be an even deeper point, like uh, this may sound crazy, but my deep conviction from a philosophical level as a, as a former physicist is that uh, people e are layer zero of reality, not just Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, well, materialism consensus, which I think is very fiat, is that uh, you have fields or particles, but mostly fields in modern physics. And then as an emergent phenomenon, uh, you have yourself. And I think it's actually the other way around. You have selves, you have a perception, you have consciousness, you have choice as a fundamental layer. And that it's been actually, it has been demonstrated to, to, a, to, a, to a point by, for example, the David uh, Hoffman or other, other physicists, that when you assume a network of conscious agents, you can build uh, general relativity and, and, a, and a draft of quantum physics. Uh, so basically, or also when you go deep into quantum mechanics, the, one of the interpretations of quantum mechanics that I think is the least, uh, it's the least, uh, uh, convoluted is basically assuming the observer as the fundamental unit of physics and everything outside of that actually has the emergent, apparent, temporary epiphenomenon. So in this way, I like, I like to frame it because I think that not just Bitcoin is made by people, but like chairs, tables, and Everything, stars, yeah. <laughs> literally stars. Yeah, I read a, a really interesting theory once called the, the meme theory of everything. That what, what, we, what we define as objective reality, this table here, for instance, is, is where our memes collide. So it's yeah. where, where the consciousness is, consciousness is, uh, uh, <laughs> where, where they sort of intertwine. Uh, but that leads to all sorts of other uh, strange uh, realizations like that there's a meme horizon for instance and we couldn't yeah, sync with brains outside of uh, the solar system and uh, well minds even more than brains yeah, because yeah, brains minds, are just... I, I mean minds yeah yeah that's a better term to use uh uh with for instance it would explain why the apollo the signals from the first apollo satellite um, is, is are so strange um, and why they get why the signal is getting weirder and weirder. It was also would also explain why we haven't seen intelligent life anywhere else in the universe and stuff mm, like the this. Fermi paradox. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I will probably not go as far as to think that is uh, that my ontology, uh, which is basically a mind first ontology, will change, will make predictable, observable changes to the mainstream view. No, I think they're basically compatible. But I think it's what I, what I see is basically. Uh, some people will say that what we're discussing is counterintuitive, or yeah. even they say um, quantum mechanics is counterintuitive. I think it's not. When you are a child, uh, or when you didn't study anything, your assumption is when you close your eyes, the, the world outside of you disappears, and every phenomenon is basically a will of somebody. Like the sun is, I mean, even primitive uh, cultures, like everything has a will, everything is some kind of. So I perceive myself, I want things, I choose things, I perceive things. 
So everything else outside of me must be quite like myself in some, to some degree. So the first assumption is that everything is mindful. Yeah. Everything is basically free, not deterministic. Then when, and also everything is probably discrete. You, you don't get continuous when you, when you think about that. You don't get deterministic. Then you study reality and you focus on some very small subset of phenomenons that are repeatable yeah. and intersubjective and repeatable. That phenomenons are not very much, are not very many, but they are important because if you harvest them, you can build tools, machines, and you become more powerful. So we created a, basically a, a philosophy during the very modern times, like after the, the 17th century, where everything that the child would think is wrong. And then you grow up and you learn that the world is deterministic, just atoms bouncing around. And the world is, there is no free will. Everything is deterministic. There is no consciousness, just a delusion. There is, a, and there is continuity. There is no, there is no dis discreteness. But then you get to quantum mechanics and you break down literally all yeah, of the yeah. things. So you can react in two ways. One way is to say, okay, I was right the first time. And this, this emergent appearance of determinism is just a special case, yeah. just an emergent case. Or the second reaction is, I really lo love my mechanicistic, mechanicistic um, ontology, metaphysics, and we mm -hmm. defend it by creating convoluted theory. So you get like many words, uh, yeah, and you yeah. get like, uh, or super determinism, and you have to yeah. desperately yeah, try yeah, to yeah, keep too. your 19th century, 18th century worldview, which is basically broken by actual yeah, yeah. empirical evidence. So you have to shoehorn it. This reminds me so much about the arguments made by Hoppe in, in uh, uh, Economic Science and the Austrian Method, which is one of my favorite books. Uh, where he he points out that what Mises really did was was uh, connect the two worlds uh, via the axiom of action. So even if, if an empiricist would say that we can never say that something is absolutely true, we can only say that uh, we can we can do approximations and we can get closer to the truth, but never to the actual point of truth. But that statement in itself is an absolute statement so it requires you to have a an right. absolute truth uh, like which is connected to this from the everything starts from the individual yeah performative contradiction for anything which is not uh, yeah i agree it's uh, if you if you want it's also the good old uh, midwit meme yeah 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 atiq <laughs> you, yeah you you start with a simple so the point of the midwit uh, iq iq uh, bell curve meme is that the universe is not really that tricky. It's, it's kind of, the universe is beautiful, it's rich, it's, it's complex, but it's kind of truthful. And when you, when you are simple, you may not get the nuances, but you kind of get it as a general heuristic. Then when you become smarter and more pretentious, you start to use track and you, you enter very, very stupid kind of models. And then when you go really deeper and you get all the nuances, you realize that you were just right the first time. Oh yeah. yeah, it's so fascinating. The show is also sponsored by Orange Pill App, the Bitcoin-only social network where you can stack friends who stack sats. You can connect with your favorite Bitcoiners on the app, make local connections, and even connect with Bitcoiners around the world. You can see what's going on in your area and organize and attend local events. I've been to multiple events organized on Orange Pill App, and they brought Bitcoiners together from all over. And now, with group chat, it's easier than ever to stay in touch with all your Bitcoin friends. The best part is, you know it's high signal. There's no spam on Orange Pill app because everyone pays to be there. So download Orange Pill app on Apple or Android and start building your local network of Bitcoiners. Next up, the Bitcoin way. 
Their mission is to onboard, educate, and remove barriers to taking self-custody of your Bitcoin. They cover everything from cold wallets to nodes, no KYC Bitcoin purchases, inheritance planning, payments, and more. Whether you're new to Bitcoin or you're an experienced Bitcoiner looking to expand your freedom footprint, or you know someone who this sounds perfect for, the Bitcoin Way has something for you. They have a skilled team, well-versed in the Bitcoin space, and their goal is to make all the complexities of Bitcoin as straightforward as possible for everyone. And the best part is you can get started with a free 30-minute call with their team. Go to thebitcoinway.com slash contact for more info. Our newest sponsor is Geyser. They are the portal to the creator economy on Bitcoin. On Geyser, creators can monetize their work through their communities in a social and engaging way, and supporters can send sats to their paper projects. Geyser has also recently integrated with Zaps and Podcasting 2.0, so every Zap sent to a Geyser address shows up on the Geyser page. We have a Geyser fund ourselves. It's the best way to support our show directly with Bitcoin. So whether you're a creator or a supporter, check out Geyser at geyser.fund today. Luke, you have anything? Oh, first great summary of uh, now classic talk from from Riga. I encourage anyone to to who hasn't yet checked it out yeah, to, yeah, to absolutely. go watch that one because the problem classic. of Bitcoin midwits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks. And since we we don't have a whole ton of time, and thanks for squeezing us in, by the way, uh, can you tell us a little bit about since we had to get back there a little about what's going on at Lugano generally these days? Yeah. So. Lugano uh, was an interesting city, has a nice history. Like uh, they stopped Napoleon troops from invading. They were the uh, the uh, the, refu- the refuge of anarchists from all uh, Europe. It was famous for that. It was a nice like lake city, nothing nothing big. Then it became important, mostly from uh, I hope I mean the the major will not see this this stuff because it's in English, so I can say it. Lugano became important because of basically money laundry from Italy. That was the whole point of Ticino financial infrastructure. And money laundry is beautiful. Mo- and, yeah. and as another talk yeah. in Riga says, <laughs> money laundry is beautiful. So Lugano was beautiful. But uh, unfortunately, that stopped. Uh, and uh, after, uh, after Petrotect, that basically stopped. So now Lugano was searching for a new identity. And there is some, uh, there is some cultural push to go away from the past of financial privacy because they have been hurt by, by the United States mostly. So some some pressure to let's forget the past and some some counter pressure to remember the past, which is financial privacy and some money. Swiss was Switzerland was the last country on earth to abandon gold standard. So there is there is something there that is very Bitcoin-like. And Lugano was starting to feeling it. And then some something, some happy coincidence happened that uh, like Tether, we were discussing before, Bit Phoenix and Tether and all the companies in that uh, family, like uh, Whole Punch, Synonym. They were basically decided to base camp in Lugano for, I don't know, practical reasons, logistical reasons. Mm-hmm. The guys beyond Tether, as you know, are Italian. So Switzerland is basically a non-retarded version of Italy or less retarded <laughs> version of Italy. You, you, you basically eat almost Italian. You speak Italian in Ticino, especially, but you are not living in the socialist hell that uh, Italy, Italy is. So, I mean, it's a good, it's a good, probably it's a good uh, compromise. So these two things merged and the, the city municipality fell in love with Bitcoin. At the beginning also with crypto, but then we managed to explain them that uh, even from a non-ideological standpoint, there are so many crypto cities, crypto island, crypto nation that already happened. That was so 2016, there was like Island of Man, the Malta, Puerto yeah, Rico, yeah. Zug. So we told Dubai. Them, <laughs> Dubai. We told them, if you are crypto, 
you are just a very late Zug Canton. Uh, but Zug already was, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. already there. If you are Bitcoin, you are just a second after Salvador worldwide. It's a different kind of approach. So we managed to, um, to make the, the initiative more toxic over time. Uh, last year, there were still some very delicate shitcoining going on. This time, so this you year, don't count Tether as a shitcoin then? No, I don't. I think Tether is, uh, I mean, a fart shit, coin, maybe. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fiat coin in a way. It's, it's, pro it's close to a cryptocurrency in a way than a cryptocurrency because it's, it's way. It, it, you will not lose money. I mean, it's way more riskier for your portfolio to have a uh, uh, Monero than to have Tether in a way, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I think that, uh, and even that part, Tether itself is also becoming more maximalist that the narrative of Tether is moving to Bitcoin first a lot. And is also moving, as I say, to, to Tether Gold, which is closer to our idea. So, Everything is getting, it didn't start from a very maximum point of view because the practical situation was crypto, but it's evolving in a very nice direction to see. And uh, so what we have now is the forum, second year, beautiful conference. I mean, a lot of people, well-organized, very, very great. And we have the Lugano Summer School that we incorporated into this Plan B network initiative. We have, well, many other things. And there will be this Lugano Plan B Bitcoin hub, which would be a very tall building in the five stores building in the center of Lugano, both by Fulgur Venture and Tether, that will be a, a Bitcoin hub. And I, I miss one. I, I had one in Milan many years ago, and it was so cool having Bitcoiners all yeah, around yeah, yeah. all day. And physical places are important. And, and like the, the network that these, the, you know, Bitcoin sanctuaries around the world are creating is just fantastic. Like yeah. how, uh, because this is so connected to El Salvador and Madeira and all of these. It is. The, the My plan would be, of course, it's always difficult when you create the infrastructure and you propose it because anybody will create their own. So it's, I joked on stage that my mission is centralization, <laughs> but it's a, to, to a certain degree, that's true. I don't want everybody to reinvent the wheel. So as long as money is decentralized, knowledge is decentralized, yeah. and all, everything we do is open source, so you can just fork it and do it yourself. As long as that's true, I like coordination. I don't like reinventing the wheel. As you said, the fact that we don't have to trust make us very keen to trust each other inside Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. So what I would like to provide with, uh, with the resources that Fulgur and Tether gave me about this network is to provide a template for yeah. this kind of sanctuary where, where the main key will be education. Of course, sanctuaries can, can be useful for many things from escaping government persecution to, uh, to do business. But the education angle, like mm -hmm. university, universities, campuses, is, I think is very easy to sell. Like very, you know, a citadel seems something aggressive. Maybe you're going to hide the terrorists there, right? A, a university campus seems, seems very innocent, but it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I Decentralization is one of those words that get thrown a lot, uh, thrown around, and uh, it's not stopping anytime soon. I think, but but the way I see it, it's decentralization is an unfortunate means to a way greater greater end, which is sound global sound money. Agreed. To, well, or at, you could go there, like uh, like I agree that blockchain, for example, is yeah, a necessary yeah. evil. I don't know if I will agree with this decentralization, but for sure there is a trade off, and it's not that. Uh, the, the, there is a specter and there is no decentralization good and centralization bad. 
these specters are basically in a Taoist kind of yin yeah, yeah, situation yeah. where decentralization is always uh, very, very anti-fragile, but also very, very inefficient. Well, centralization is also very efficient, but more fragile. So based on the level of fragility you, you mean or you don't mean or you don't want, you can basically navigate the spectrum. Let me give you an example. When you go from barter to money, that's a centralization process. You have a lot of nodes that are creating a network of good-to-good uh, uh, -good exchanges that will grow as a network uh, power law, basically. When you, when you, so you have two people, you have one line. You have three people, you have a triangle. Yeah. You have four people, you have the diagonal. Metcalf. So, yeah, Metcalf make make law. So you have that. Then that's, but in this case, it's not the value of the network. <clears throat> it's the friction in the network that is growing n square. So what you want is to have a, a center of the figure where instead of having all the diagonals, everybody is connected right into the center. This center is money. So that's mm -hmm. a centralization process. The, the, the reason that's tolerable and good is that it's, it's creating efficiency, but the robustness of uh, a piece of gold is so high because nobody uh, human or that we know of can easily change the atomic numbers of gold, can easily create gold out of nothing. So you decentralize on something which was very robust against takeover which was basically a precious metal. So it's a good kind of centralization. Uh, the fiat world is a bad kind of centralization because we centralize over an entity which is very fragile, very easy to take over. So we don't have to decentralize everything. We have to decentralize something. And another example that I think is cool, I'm, I research a lot with my wife about homeschooling. We think it's very cool, also unschooling, very, yeah, yeah. very cool. But then uh, we said, okay, but are we going to teach ourselves all the time? Maybe not yet, because we have other times to do. So we may hire some teacher as well. Maybe we'll, we will do something ourselves or some teacher. But then, I mean, it's very expensive. Maybe we can, we can do uh, efficiency with, uh, um, with economies of scale if we join another family. But then maybe you don't want them in your home. Maybe we can just rent a place with, where family can jointly pay for a team of teachers. Which schooling, we are reinventing schooling, yeah, yeah. right? So we're the, the point is that the current schooling is broken and we just want to create a better one. Yeah, yeah. But that's, the, 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 I mean, there's no, nothing wrong with schooling in itself. I mean, yes, it's wonderful there. to leave your kids for a couple of hours so exactly. you can get Everybody something was. done. Like so it's, it's not something new either. Like I, I, I bet people did this when they were living in they, caves. They left the kids in the cave. They didn't yeah, join to big extended family. People were not like intensive parenthood of modern times when you yeah. stay with your kids alone, insulated from, uh, no. from uh, that didn't exist in the central times. Uh, the the grandmas were basically yeah, yeah. Uh, growing. Uh, they, they were basically the nonnas. Yeah, nonnas yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, in a way, uh, I think that the point, or even again, another example: uh, uh, guns, firearms, uh, um, firearms. You want guns to defend yourself. That's cool. I love that. I have them and I, I want them. But uh, if you really want to defend yourself in some uh, in some kind of high uh, of huge scale, you will have to hire guns, not just own yeah, guns. Yeah. And maybe you don't want to create a new company. You will have an existing company and they will be specialized. They will be, they will be specialization. So I think the point there is that too much centralization. Is, so depending on a third party defensive firm or uh, educational firm uh, in a total way, so where you have no bargaining power, that's bad because now you are fragile. Now the, the firm turns against you and you have nothing. Yeah. Try to defend yourself or educate yourself without using the division of labor that is yeah. it's also bad 
because yeah. you will be super inefficient. Yeah. You will be the man on the hill with a gun, but yeah. then as, as, as soon as somebody better armed comes, you will lose. So the point is that you have to stay in, the, in between. The, the fiat world went too much on the centralization side. Absolutely. The, yeah. the, the modern individuals, they cannot do anything on their own. This is wrong. But uh, you don't have to do anything on your own. Otherwise, you get back to be a savage. Civilization yeah. is division of labor. So it's basically a, really a yin-yang kind of balance. I think we should uh, call this phenomenon the non-aggression principle. Yeah. <laughs> non-aggression. <laughs> well, that's uh, Non-aggression can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we're going to have to call it uh, here. I think this is a perfect ending. If we go in another rabbit hole, we'll be here for another hour. So yes. thanks, Giacomo. Always a pleasure. My and, pleasure. Uh, Absolutely. I hope we should do this uh, like 21 million times more if we have the time in our lives. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Giacomo. Likewise. Thank you for Likewise. Thanks for having us here. Okay. <laughs>